Welcome to the Uncanny Adventures podcast. We are back. Uh, we have been playing in the, the 1789 uh, France. Our investigators are French soldiers who are have been tasked with investigating a German count who has become very close with Marie Antoinette, the Queen of France. And uh, in our last session, three of our investigators arrived at the Count's second soiree in a couple of weeks to find a very strange party going on where they had to don animal skins and they had to pretend to be the animals that they were wearing. And then Dupois once again made his way through the gardens and... Before they knew it, they found themselves in the cellar of the Count's house. It was a dark, dank dungeon full of tortured souls who had been left dead in various poses and things like that. Very, very disturbing for our friends. And as they made it to the far end of the basement, they found this wall of dead bodies pieced together like some kind of dark art. And then they found themselves face to face with Count Fenelik. So, meanwhile, let's uh, let's reintroduce our characters before we jump into that, so you really remember these guys. Uh, so, Dylan, go ahead. Oh, uh, hi, I'm Dylan. I'm playing Jean Dupois, a 49 year old uh, soldier whose wife of 20 years died like a year ago. And uh, he might have just seen her face in this weird thing down in the cellar and is not in good sorts. Uh, and also might have been stabbed and not have many hit points. <laughs> well, it happens. So we'll see how that goes. Mm. All right, Jamie. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'll be playing Etienne Babon, the ex-soldier who has a wooden hand and is partially deaf and... In the creepy statue, he saw the image of his adopted son. So he's kind of not cool with all that. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Mm. Don't die. And Scott? Hey, everybody. Doing this for the slaughter, I guess. I am Christophe Prissy, and I saw in this mysterious statue my love of my life, Melody. And we have Katie back. Katie. I am playing um, uh, 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 Joseph Hugel. Um, actually, I am uh, Martine Hugel. I'm in disguise as my uh, husband um, because he has, he's injured. He has one leg. I love him. <laughs> it's in the traits. It's my favorite trait. Um, I have. I was absent last time. Uh, I was letting these goofs goof off on their own, which was probably the worst mistake ever. <laughs> but um, I'm back tonight to see what happens. Yeah. If I die or survive or go mad or even worse, who knows? Hmm. You get the reboot we've sown. Yeah. Hmm. Just going to walk in and just go, God damn it. Hey, guys. <laughs> So, as I leave we, you guys alone for five minutes. 
We're covered in like animal blood. Sorry, I really needed to go. <laughs> oh wait, were we supposed oh, to wait yeah. for the signal? No, yes, we were. Um, so yeah, so Hugel, you uh we're supposed to be returning from Paris a bit earlier in the day, but you got delayed on the road. So you actually only make it back to Poissy uh, after midnight. You're, you and the small contingent of soldiers are making your way up to the campsite when you hear in the distance uh, the loud sound of a cannon going off. What are, you, what are you doing in that moment? You, uh, you meet the, uh, the watch who was left at the site, and they tell you that uh, Dupois, Babin, and Pressy have taken the men and arranged them and have gone in to deal with this situation at the mansion. Um, uh, I think uh, for a moment she's very panicked because she didn't think it would be this quick. Um, <laughs> and uh, then she just looks at the watch and she says... I, uh, I'll ride ahead then. They'll need my help. All right, so you grab a, a horse uh, that's at the camp. Just, uh, do you want to roll me a ride check? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Got this all day. Oh, I do actually. I oh, really whoa. do. All right. Very nice. So, so Hugel, you grab one of the horses that is uh, tied off nearby and leap onto the horse and ride for the mansion as quickly as you can. As you, uh, you make amazing time, you are a skilled rider, and you ride through the open gates, and you see uh, sort of mayhem in front of this mansion. Uh, the front door appears to be completely boarded over on the outside. You see dead bodies lying on the ground. It looks like they're footmen. You recognize uh, the clothing as that of the servants of this Count Fenelik. And you see all of these aristos climbing through the front two windows, but they're covered. They're, they have these animal skins. They have like the heads of deer and like wearing them over their shoulders. And they have like the blood of them dripping down. And they're a mess covered in straw and feces. And the soldiers are kind of helping them come out. You ride past this carriage that the front end of it is blown open and you see as you ride past it heading for the front of the house uh inside is the can is one of the two cannons that it looks like somebody set up to be shot from like to hide in the carriage and then be shot from the carriage who would do that <laughs> uh, um before i go any further did i learn anything in paris to to help out with this whole situation um this you really didn't because this was like no one knows too much about count fenelik Okay. So you were mostly like collecting uh, the rest of the men to bring and yeah, yeah, yeah. to bring any kind of rations and things like that. Um, so, yeah, mm -hmm. so you ride into the into the front, you ride up and around the driveway and you see like all of these aristos sort of being kind of corralled by your fellow soldiers. Uh, give me a spot hidden check as you look around. <laughs> all right. You're looking around and you see no sign of. You don't see Dupois, you don't see Babon, you don't see Pressy. Like, you're looking through the crowd for them, and you don't see, like, you just see the regular soldiers. No no one else stands out to you. Do I see, um, I don't see, um, uh, Beaumains? Nope, you don't even see Beaumains or the Sergeant at this point. They must be somewhere else on the property. What do you want to do? Uh, goodness gracious. Um... 
I think I'm going to um I want to try to uh perhaps inconspicuously get past some of the aristos that are like being detained by by the other soldiers and try to get into the 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 estate. All right, so you you've been here. You know that uh usually you'd go in through this front door that's boarded, but you that's see boarded, yeah. people are climbing out the windows, but it seems like a lot of them have gotten out these front two windows. So that's a way to get in. You also know uh Dupois told you that around the back there are like kitchen entrance and there is like a carriage house. So you could either go through the front windows or you could ride around the back and try to go in that way. So I don't want to draw any attention to myself, so I think I'm going to um sort of slip off of my horse and go around to like the kitchen entrance. All right. So you bolt around the house. Just make me a stealth check to see if you slip away unnoticed. Yes. So you you just quickly sort of let your horse go into the crowd and run around to the back of the building. And you see um there are a couple of soldiers at the back kitchen door and the back doors to the carriage house are open and you can see that carriage that familiar white carriage with red trim set in the back you see a body hanging out of the carriage door like one arm back you realize it looks like a looks like a woman hanging out of the carriage and you see there's a door you can either go in through the kitchen or there's a door into the house through the carriage house itself i'm gonna go into the kitchen all right so you slip past uh the guards in back who are detaining some of the the kitchen staff who are looking around, sort of blinking their eyes. They look almost like they're coming out of like a dream. And they're, you hear them asking as you go by, what are we doing here? When did we, where, where are we exactly? They seem completely confused by all of this. So you slip into the kitchen and you can see through the door straight ahead, there is that dining room where you watched the uh, small man dressed as in Marie Antoinette take a beating. And to your left, there's a door into a small hallway. You see on the ground in that hallway, a few slumped figures. They look like more footmen. And you see a small door just outside the kitchen door that is ajar. Can I, um, uh, I I assume there's a lot happening. Can I get close to the door that's ajar and and, uh, just listen to see if I can hear anything? Sure. So you move to the this little door you kind of step over these slumped and on oh that one might be dead kind of keep going and you get to the this door you you can see down it goes down this darkened stone stairway into like this you can feel a chill breeze coming up from below um don't hear any noise or anything like that make me a listen check so you so you're you're listening at the top of the stairs and uh then you kind you actually kind of get a, a better look at the inside of this place and you see all of this filth and you see these discarded animal heads and you just see how disgusting this entire place is. Why don't you make me a sanity roll for this? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> oh, oh nice. So yeah, so so Hugel, you you don't seem surprised by this. Like you were, you're almost like you were expecting something worse than that dead Pope body that you saw last time. But I watched him beat a little, little guy in a Marie Antoinette costume. I am ready. All right. So you're standing at the top of this darkened stairway, but you don't hear anything coming from the stairs below. Um, uh, 
yeah, I think um, she's just going to like look at look over her shoulder, look at the bodies on the ground, take a deep breath, and uh, very quietly, slowly, and stealthily begin one foot in front of the other going down these stairs, keeping her back against the wall, her gun close to her, and she's going to go down these stairs. All right, so you move down the stairs one after the other, and they're fairly steep as you make your way down, but you're being very careful. Your feet are very quiet on them as you go. You get to the bottom of the stairs, and you see that you are in this long, like, stone hallway of a cellar. And looking up ahead of you, it's, it's, it's not lit, it's dark in here, Way down at the other end, you can see what appears to be a light. That's the only, that's the only light at the end of this hallway. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to continue. Go, stay in stealthily. Stay in stealthy. All right. So you move down this hallway and your eyes start to adjust to the dim light. And as you get about 10 feet ahead you notice that on your left and right, the stone gives way to metal doors. They look like cell doors. And you sort of look to your left and look to your right. And you can just see in the dim light, these bodies, like one is splayed out, hands pinned to the wall, legs pinned to the wall. It looks like it's been flayed. You look in the next cell, there's like two people sort of strapped together. And it looks like they both were beaten until they died. You keep moving down the hallway toward this light, and you realize up ahead now, as you're looking up there, you can see six figures. You realize that it's Dupois, Babon, Pressy, <laughs> and three other soldiers that they brought with them. They, there's, what's that? I'm not making myself known right. yet. I'm still staying quiet and stealthily. I'm just observing. All right. So as oh, you dude. you get to the second set of cell doors, as you take notice of them, and they're, they're still like 40 feet down, but you can see them now illuminated by their light. They look like they've just kind of reached the end, and they're staring at something that's at the center of this room at the back. Um, and then you look left and right again, and you see splayed out on the floor in the cell next to you is the little Marie Antoinette man who has been killed and he has been flayed his wig is sort of lying off to the side all bloodied his dress is ripped and shredded and you see sitting nearby in the cell like a chaise lounge as if someone used it to sit and comfortably watch what was done to this man why don't you make me another sanity roll (laughs) (laughs) i was so close to being a fumble holy shit (laughs) let's see oh god All right, so you take two points of sanity. Welcome to our nightmare. And you sort of catch for a minute and kind of like, like you were you were doing good, but now panic's kind of starting to take hold. So you you kind of freeze for just a second, and as you freeze up ahead, all of a sudden the chamber ahead you can see fills with this smoke that's coming down. It looks like it's pouring in from the ceiling above your friends, and they start to cough and cover their mouths. And it sort of encases them for a minute and makes it hard to see them. And then as the smoke is clearing, you see a figure standing in front of them. And you can just make out that it's Count Fenelik. Okay, I definitely... Do I get the feeling that as long as I sort of stay back and stay in the shadows, I'm not seen? 
you don't think you've been seen at this point. You've been very quiet. Even when that the whole situation startled you, you you kind of froze up. You didn't make any noise. Okay. So, what do you want to do? Run away. <laughs> Bye. Okay. No loyalty to any of you. <laughs> um. Uh. I think I'm going to. I'm going to get as close as I can mm-hmm. while staying hidden. I, I, she definitely, I, I, she wants to stay as hidden as she can. All right. So you move, you're, you're moving forward now very slowly. Now mm-hmm. that you, you're suddenly feeling like the danger of this. Meanwhile, the rest of you, you, you have seen this smoke pour from the ceiling. And then you were looking at this porcelain statue. You each saw something different in its face. And then as the smoke sort of starts to clear out, you see Count Fenelik standing there in the center of the room. And he's looking from each of you, just sort of looking at each of you. So in this moment, I need to know, what is everybody's dexterities? Because oh, we're, we're diving right into this. Uh, I'm at 50. 50. 45. Mine's really bad. Only 70. Oh, no, Pressy. <laughs> Oh, it's only 70. See, 45 for Dupois. What is Hugel's? 60. Okay. Nice. So I'm only the slowest. Excellent. You're old and an alcoholic. It's fine. And fat. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> yeah, you got, you got a little a bit of a gut. So. And you have a puppy. Yeah, I was about to say, you're carrying your puppy around. Bonaparte, no, don't look. <laughs> turn away, turn away, Bonaparte. Like I said last time, Dupois probably kind of drunk at this point, too. So. Do you blame him? No. No! <laughs> he was an armchair. It happens. <laughs> this is true. Very, very true. He was, in fact, an armchair. He also was very, very hurt, if I remember right. Yeah. He might have gotten stabbed and beat up, you know. A couple times. A couple times. He may have made some choices. It's possible. They were good choices, choices. I'm concerned. Mm. I, I enjoyed it. All right. So the Count is standing before you. He s- smiles this wicked grin as he looks from one to the next to the next of you. He puts up a finger and he's like, no, 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 no. And then he moves so fast. It's terrifying. So let's see. We've got... You three and your soldier friends. So let's roll a d4. On a four, he's going to go after one of the other soldiers to start with. But let's find out what happens. The second I pressing notices him hearing, I'm sure he's moving way too fast for me to even do anything. But he's already getting ready to draw his sword. Mm-hmm. So um, he moves, and he is running right at Babon. So let's see. Of course. He is going to run up. He gets right in your face. And he is going to try. All right. He's going to make an opposed power roll against you. Okay. So do I roll a power? Yes, you do. You've got the touch. (laughs) Ooh, that's pretty good. Let's see. So that is going to be 
that is just a success as well. So since he, he initiated this, his is going to go off. So he runs forward and he grabs you by the chest and you feel this energy draining from you. So Sounds about right. He okay. is going to drain. Let's see. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> All right, so he takes two magic points away from you. Where even is that? Oh, oh there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, was saying, I was like, what? Okay. All right. Babylon is a magician? No. Yes. I have magic points, but I don't use for anything that mm. I know of. Do, do we all have magic points? Yeah, I got 11. I had 14. Where is this magic at? <laughs> all right. So Where's after... sanity. Uh, so you feel some, like, inner energy inside of you get drained out, and you see his eyes sort of glow a little red around the edges. Uh, Pressy, you are drawing your sword as he does as he runs up to the to uh, Babon. What do you want to do? I was gonna say I was gonna try to arrest him, but I think we're beyond that point now. I'd go to swing at him. All right, so you are going to swing at him. So he is going to let's see, you're going to do an attack, and he is going to try and he's going to try to parry that. So. You roll your attack, and then I will roll for him, and we will see who does what. Ooh. Ooh, that's really good. All right, so you, in fact, uh, slash at him with your blade, and he looks over his shoulder at you, and he sort of raises an eyebrow. In your direction. Then it is going to be Hugel. Hugel, you are standing in the background as you see the form of the Count just move super fast and get in Babon's face. And then Pressy move in with his sword and just stab at the Count. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Um, <laughs> while all this is happening, I, I, I want this to say, maybe, perhaps... That seeing this happen, this has given Hugo a moment to, um, because <clears throat> she has kept her distance, um, sort of aim and steady herself to fire a shot from her musket to toward a, toward a what's his name, the vampire guy, Fenelik. Fenelik. yeah, Fenelik. Um, he's a count. That is free. <laughs> you respect him by using his proper title. I don't respect the new one of the monarchy, so he can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a German. There's a different political yeah. system. Well, apparently no, no. he's so magical, he can steal magic from people. <laughs> from people who didn't even know they could do magic. <laughs> um, yeah, I think she was like st- like sitting there and watching Prescient, um, uh watching him like attack it and just aiming and, and taking a moment to like take a deep breath and steady her hand and fire. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> All right. So, yep. You uh, fire at him and you uh, see his surprise as he did not realize that you were back there. And this bolt, this bullet sort of shoots him and he turns and looks down the hallway. <sighs> Bonjour. More for me. And then, let's see, after 
Hugel, do you move closer? Like, do you get closer into this, or do you stay back? He's staying back. All right. He's going to begin to uh, reload. All right. So it takes four rounds for you to reload your gun. Yep. All right. So after Hugel, Babon, this this count is in your face. And he doesn't look damaged at all yet, or like what? How's he looking? He looks fairly okay. Okay. Looks like he's doing all right. Um, Well, I'm just, I've had my axe out the whole time, so I'm just going to just cleave him in the chest. Okay. He will attempt to uh, claw you to throw off your attack. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't he? Well, you know. Oh. So, yes. Holy crap, guys. (laughs) By the power of determination. (laughs) By our powers combined. (laughs) All right, so you, in fact, uh, slam your axe into his chest, and he just looks at you, and he says, A mistake. Such a mistake, boy. All right. Well, I'll give you a mistake. (laughs) A mistake, all right. All right, so your three soldiers that are with you all are going to fire their flintlocks at him because they are somewhat terrified. I gotta hand it to you. That was pretty good fun. Uh, the first will uh, fire his gun and will miss hitting um, the wall of bodies at the back. Everybody make me a listen check when he does. Oh, the other guy does as well. <coughs> so, <clears throat> all three of them miss the count. And then as you uh, see the bullets kind of ping on the bodies at the back, you, uh, everyone but Babon hears this. <sighs> and you see that group of bodies start to sort of move a little bit. Like there's something else back there. And you guys also hear from the porcelain statue, you start hearing it moan louder. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, and, and Hugel, as you get closer, like you've, you've uh, or no, you, you shot in here, as, uh-huh. as they all move around, and you get a look at this, there's this porcelain statue that's sort of standing at the center of this room in between two coffins. Um, you see, it looks like it's dripping what looks like blood. And you see the face of your husband, Joseph, in the face of the statue. So why don't you roll me a sanity check while we're here? Okay. All right. So you just will lose one point of sanity as uh, you see this disturbing recreation of your husband's face on this statue down here. All right. So after all three of your soldiers fire their flintlocks and miss, Dubois, hmm. what, what will you do? Well, I want to take the hammer I got from the stables and I want to charge the statue. Oh, okay. I'm try and break it. Oh, that's fair. I am not. I am not happy. What is with the bar and like destroying he, statues? He really doesn't like statues. I don't like statues. He doesn't. He really doesn't. <laughs> Do you oh. think they're going to move if you blink or something? They might. <laughs> okay, as you. This one certainly makes me want to weep. So, Babon and Pressy, you are toe to toe with Fenelik. You can see now that Hugel is back up the hallway, and then you see Dubois just bolt past all of you toward the statue. And you see Fenelik's head turn and follow him. Give He's me... over here. 
Uh, Dupois, I need you to roll me a strength roll. Sure. I can do that. Um, there you go. All right. So you see Dupois run forward with this hammer, and he just oh, smashes it against the statue. Uh, Dupois, roll me damage for the hammer. Uh, what do you want me to roll? My unarmed? My yeah, knife? Or... You're unarmed. Okay. Okay, so you slam it against the statue, and for the first time, Fenelik is like, Aah! and he cries out in pain, and his eyes turn and just stare at Hugo, at uh, Dupois, and he's like, no, and he looks pissed off now. Like, he looked like he was, like, happy, having a good time. Now he looks angry. So, uh, but he is, like, kind of like trying to come to terms with this pain it looks like it racks him up and down his whole body so he moves towards you Dupois but he just gets there like he's not moving as fast and he just is like ah. and then Pressy what do you want to do as he moves toward Dupois he has murder in his eyes now before this was fun now this is no longer a game you know Pressy really doesn't like this guy he doesn't know. He doesn't know that this is like physical pain. He's just like, man, he really hates it when he messes with his statue. A lot of weird things are going on in here. I think he's going to shoot the statue with his muscle. Okay. Roll. Uh, roll me. Um. Yeah, an attack with your musket. Ooh. All right. So you shoot the statue now with your musket, and uh, a part of like it kind of shatters a piece of it, and he screams and grabs on either side of his head, and almost goes to his knees on that. Pressy gives him a rude gesture, if, if possible. All right. Um, then, from out behind this wall of bodies, you see these humans sort of step out, but they sort of shift, and you can see they have these elongated fingers, and as the light hits them, their faces are sort of long and white and just they don't look alive and then they bare their teeth so these two creatures are going to come out from around the bodies and one lunges for Dupois who is at the oh, wonderful. and the other one charges at Pressy who fired the bullets so well this sucks yeah. all right so um <clears throat> the one that gets to Dupois hmm. he is going to All right, he charges forward, and then he is going to attempt to claw at you. So you can either parry it, or you can uh, fight back and try to hit him before he gets you, which would stop his attack on you. I would like to do that. Okay. What do I got to roll? Just, just my... your fighting brawl, just to try oh, to... okay. I can totally do that. All right, so this, this creature lunges forward, its claws out, and you just go right between the claws and bash it on the head. So it will take how many points of damage? Oh, 
you uh, roll damage for that, Dylan. Oh, yeah, sorry about <laughs> That's that. That's okay. Five. Five, ouch. All right. Cool. Claw thing. hammer to the head. Uh, the other one had run at Pressy, who has his uh, gun, has, he has fired his weapon. He doesn't have any more bullets in it. Pressy, what do you do as this thing lunges at you with its claws? Um, can he deflect with the bayonet or anything? Sure, you can attempt to deflect him with your bayonet. What do I roll for that? Uh, just roll never as mind. if... Oh. No, yeah, you... never mind. <laughs> roll as if you're uh, attacking with the bayonet. Alright, so he has an extreme success to your uh, regular success. So, um, he grabs a hold of you, and he bites you. That's nice knowing you guys. Well. Let's see. At least I got this melody one last time. True. So as you guys all see this, I need everyone to roll me sanity checks. Oh, God. Of course. <laughs> I'm assuming me as well. Yes, you as well. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to spend the four luck. Oh, oh, you can't spend luck on sanity. Oh, sanity. Fuck, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh. oh, guys. Not I forgot I was rolling sanity. <laughs> Pre Pressy's the one who got bitten, and he's just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> this is a Friday night for Pressy. What are you talking yeah. about? He's probably more angry than anything. Yep. I don't know. All right, so Pressy, you take three points of damage from this attack. And I mean, it could be worse. And let's see, so... Don't ever say that in Call of Cthulhu. Hugel, Dupois, and Babon failed their role. So Pressy, yes. Pressy will take one point of sanity loss in this. The rest of you will take six. <laughs> <laughs> so... Seeing I'm, this, this I'm good. pale-faced creature that is used to look human. Is this the first temp insanity to mm. Yes. So seeing is this. Is the first temp of the game? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm so excited. So, let's see. I'm so excited. <laughs> what is this, like, 5th edition short-term madness, essentially? Kind of. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's see. So. Oh boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I know that they sit off of Call of Duty. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, so I, let's see. I can tell you you're supposed to be on our side. What are you doing? She likes this. What can we say? I love... My favorite part of Call of Cthulhu is when the Keeper takes your character. That's literally my favorite part of Call of Cthulhu. All right, so in this moment, let us see. So three of you have lost quite a bit of insanity. Sanity. <laughs> I'm still at 61 though. Yeah, but if you take if it's a six, it doesn't matter. You take a oh, hundred sanity. Oh. Max. Okay. All I knew was in older editions of Call of Cthulhu. I forget which one I was even reading. If you take a certain amount in one go, it's like six. Okay. All right. All right. So let's see. For uh, we'll start at the top. So for Hugel, um. Ooh, roll me a d10, Katie. Yes. A six. Okay, so um, you are standing at the at in the back of this hallway. You're you have your have dropped your bullet into your gun. You're reaching for your powder pack, and you see this happen. And all of a sudden, 
You don't... What? The last thing you remember was riding fiercely up the hill on that horse uh, so bravely. Like, how, how did you get down here? What's going on? Oh my god. You are... You have, like, a bout of, like, amnesia. Like, you just sort of forget what was going on in these moments. So you you don't even know how you got down here. What's going on? Why is this person necking with Pressy? <laughs> so I have sort of, like, a short-term memory loss. Yes, you do. All right. So Thanks. then... Uh, let's see, Dylan. How are you doing today? Are you gonna yell at me? Be like, why are you making out with that person? <laughs> I thought you were in love with Melody. <laughs> he might be. All right, let's see. This is great. They're they're awesome, right? I want that one. All right. So for Dupois, mm-hmm. we've got doop, 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 doop. All right. It's the first time I've really gotten to have fun with some of these. Oh boy. <laughs> it's all good. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, fine. Oh, a 10. This is going to be good. So, uh, do me a favor, Dupois, uh-huh. and I need you to roll me a D100, please. Uh-huh. <laughs> is this like a wild magic search or something? <laughs> I think we wish it was. Oh, 14. A 14. All right. So, uh, Dupois, you suddenly... in uh, have this urge you start doubling numbers and counting numbers in your head as you uh suddenly are afflicted with arithmomania you have the obsessive preoccupation with numbers so much so that it's distracting in your head um so basically this is like that that picture of the math lady like Suddenly. Yes. And uh, <laughs> being attacked by ghouls or whatever. So, oh God, for the next nine rounds, because of this distracting, like, number counting in your head, you have a disadvantage die on your attacks. Because you are just like, you can't get this out of your head. You're obsessively going over and over it in your head. All right. Just trying to figure out the right trajectory to use my hammer. <laughs> and then we have our dear Babon. Ooh, a different one. I like when they're different. Oh my god. Uh oh. (laughs) All right, so Babon. Am I going to lose the other hand? (laughs) No, so you guys see as Babon starts screaming hysterically and uh, sort of like running in a circle and just screaming his, like literally out of his mind, freaking out. And he is going to be freaking out for just two rounds of combat, but still, Babon is losing his mind. So, Pressy, um, how long does mine last? Did you roll for my comp for my rounds? Oh, let me do that. Good yeah. call. Seven. Nice. So yeah. So oh yeah. And since uh, Hugel, since you uh, haven't seen any of this before, why don't you roll me another sanity check for this whole situation? Oh, God. The dungeon and all right. So this time, uh, you man, like, I mean, it can't get much worse. You don't, you don't know how you got here, but so Pressy, 
in this moment, you are the one being bitten by a vampire, but the rest of your friends are completely losing their mind. It's just like us to make it about us, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Oh, and... <laughs> let's, let's see how your three fellow soldiers handle this. We need oh. to about ourselves. Um, oh, one of them does fairly okay. Uh, one of them does not. Holy crap. So, one of them, um, yeah... He's, uh, <laughs> so. Does his head just explode? Like, <laughs> it might, yeah. Um, he, wait, wait, it can? <laughs> Fates. Stranger things have happened so, in this so, game. So one of the soldiers just, you hear his musket clatter, and he just falls over and faints. Uh, the other one who's fine looks at him like, what? And then the third one will take. Oh, God. He gets one too. Holy shit! More temporary insanity. So he, uh, he also looks around blindly, like he doesn't understand what. Why am I here? What's going on? And you see him see this this creature biting Pressy, and he raises his gun. Um, he doesn't remember that he already shot the musket ball out of this gun. All right. So after all of that craziness, oh, where did we leave off with you guys? Let's see. Pressy got bitten. Hugel, it's your turn. You are yeah. confused. Um. Uh, so I, I look around at this scene and I don't know where I am, but I am a soldier. I know well enough to know that some shit's going down. Um. So I am going to fire at the... I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to... I can't fire, I'm still reloading. Mm. Um. I think I'm going to continue to reload until, like, a threat comes toward me. I'm keeping my distance, and I'm going to use this round to reload. All right, yeah, so you, you go to raise the musket, and then you realize you're holding your powder horn in your hand, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you realize it's not loaded. So you just start reloading it, looking around, trying to figure out, where am I? You have no idea. All yeah. right, so after Hugel, this is our first round of reloading, uh, Babon is screaming and losing his mind and just freaking out. Um, let's see. So he's unconscious. He's messed up. The other soldier, uh, looks around at all of this going on, and he starts reloading his gun as fast as he can. He backs up to where Hugel is, and he looks at you and he says, Are you alright? Maybe we, maybe we should retreat and wait for reinforcements. I'm not sure what's happening. But where are we? We are in the cellar. I'm not an idiot. Oh, all right then. Uh, Dupois, what are you doing in this moment? Counting. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, one vampire. Two one puppy. One person insane. Ah, ah, ah. Two people <laughs> insane. Well, I'm gonna... Dupont's just gonna, like... He just wants to destroy this fucking statue because it had Sylvie's face, and he's not... He's not cool with that at all. Like, he's drunk and angry. <laughs> and he's doubling numbers in his mind. He's like, uh, Bonaparte, quick, what's one plus eight times... He's really eight. mad about the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I had one drink, two drinks, four drinks, eight drinks, 16 drinks, 32 drinks. 
How many fingers of alcohol do I have left? What, uh, 60, uh, <laughs> I drink right. five milliliters. So oh, wait, I gotta roll at disadvantage dice, right? You do. Oh, geez. Oh, man. Oh, no. So you oh, swing, no. but you, uh, you don't connect with the statue. You're so distracted in your own <laughs> mind. It. You're like, oh, one, two, three, four. Shit. All right. So you see Fenelic, uh turn to Dubois, and he says, leave it alone. And as he says this, you see uh, he starts to sort of shrink down. And then uh, his form sort of elongates, his legs and arms grow hair, his snout grows longer, and he takes the form of a wolf. And he leaps at Dubois as a wolf. Also, in that moment, everyone rolls sanity checks. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm I'm spinning in a circle screaming, do I see this? Yes, you do! (laughs) Oh my god, guys. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. At least Dupois fine. All right, no let's fine. See. Whatever. So. No stomping at me. Go ahead. Just roll another six. Come on. I'm going to try. We're, we're ready. It's another six. I quit. All right. So, Dupois, you take one point of sanity. The rest I... of you. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> this is the third six in a row. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> That's number 666. It's the, it's the demon. Oh my god, it's 366. <laughs> Alright, so, um... Oh, Fuck! freaking out with his math right now. But let's see what happens now. We'll start with... We'll start with you, Gal. <laughs> are, are we in a game? Yeah. It's gonna be like Elder Scrolls. He's gonna figure out he's in a game and just cease to exist. Yeah, give me some more. Pimp and Sandy. I oh, love trying. that. I'm trying. I love it. Oh my god. This is so crazy. Is it, Jeanette? Is it really crazy? <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Katie, do me a favor and roll me a... Roll me a D8. A six. A six. All we right. really love sixes in this game. We do. All right. So, um, Hugel, your right leg goes numb beneath you. You sort of, like, lose your balance on it, and it is completely useless to you. Like, you don't have a leg. And you are going to feel like I have so much in common with my husband. (laughs) Yes, you do. All right. And that is going to affect you for... Wow. Two rounds. So, so in your mind, this, your leg is, it's, it's useless. It's, it's been just destroyed. You don't have that leg. You suddenly understand Babon's uh, issue with his hand. All right. So after you, then we have, uh, oh, we have Pressy. So Pressy gets one now. All right, Pressy. This is craziness. Oh, uh, so roll me a D8, Pressy. All right, so, um, you, uh, suddenly can't see. You go blind. I thought his name was Press C, not Press Can't See. <laughs> uh, but it's only it's only going to be for the next round, and then 
Oh, then, Babon. Babon, Babon, what will we do with you? Oh, God. Just as I stop running around screaming. Uh, yeah, just as you... Uh, so you are screaming... Uh, hysterically, and as you're screaming, you start to uh, intermittently laugh and scream and laugh and scream, like you are you are like starting to go into complete hysterics. So for two rounds, you're going to be laughing hysterically through your screaming, as you are just completely losing your mind. Okay, so how you feeling, Dupois? I'm All right. feeling good. I'm feeling confident. Good, good. All right, so now uh, Fenelik has lunged at you as a yeah. wolf, and he is going to attempt to bite and claw you. Let's see how he does. All right, so first he will attempt to bite you. Do you want to try to uh, stop this? Do you want to try to fight back? I'm going to fight back. Okay. Yeah, sure. Holy. Do it. Roll up a newspaper. Ooh. Bad puppy. <laughs> Um, so he only gets a, let's see, he gets a hard success as well. Mm. So he will do, this is with his bite, two points of damage to Dupois. How are you on hit points, Dupois? I have six right now. All right. So you take, you get uh, bitten and then uh, he is going to attempt to claw you. Wonderful. Oh yeah. Uh, so, with his claw, Damn it. Uh, so he claws you. Huh. Uh-huh. How many hit how many hit points you got now? I have one hit point. <laughs> uh do me a favor and roll uh me a constitution roll here. Okay. Alright, excellent. So you are uh severely injured. You are bleeding heavily from these wounds, but somehow, Dupois, through all of this, you manage to stay on your feet and conscious, even as the world phases in and out for you. I'm really drunk. I know. All right. That's why. So, Pressy, you are blind. Uh, you were just attacked by this uh, creature that lunged out at you. Um, you can attack it. You're going to have a penalty die because you can't see it. Or you can try to go after the count or the statue. Can I, like, push this thing off? Well, he bit you and then he, he pulls back like he's getting ready to come back in oh. for another attack. Okay. Too bad I don't have any bludgeoning weapons. Use your butter I, gutter, I, I like to think he dropped his sword to get the rifle out. Okay. So I'm blind right now, so I really can't find that. Most of the principal turn doing that. He's probably going to yell, trying to yell over top of Babon. Um, <laughs> statue! Uh, <laughs> trying to find his sword. You're gonna try to find your sword. Yeah. Roll me a um. I guess you can roll me a spot hidden with a penalty as you're trying to feel for it. Oh my, yeah. So you go crawling away. Your sword, like you don't realize it, but Dupois and uh, 
Hugel, notice you crawl the exact opposite direction away from your sword. All right. So. Did I roll? Oh, oh. Like, I literally can't see what he's on. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so you, you crawl, like, almost to where you're touching the macabre, like, bodies at the back. And then your vision starts to clear and you like are like, ah, as you're up close and personal with them. All right. So after Pressy, um, let's see. So one of these vampires is going to go after uh, the one soldier still standing there with you. No, it's not a D20. It's a D100. All right. So he, oh yeah, he attacks one of the... Not the unconscious soldier, but the one standing there, sort of blinking, looking around, trying to figure out how he got down here. And he will do... Let's see. He does five hit points of damage to the soldier, who will... He's still on his feet. Nice. And that wasn't half, so he doesn't have to make a roll. Alright, so the other one is going to... Uh, he he looks at Pressy crawling away. He's going to follow you. So you can now... You see him coming. You can attempt to fight him off if you want to. Um, yes, please. <laughs> oh, with the speed, this unarmed brawl? Yeah, fight brawl. All right, so uh, you manage to push this vampire back as it tries to come in and claw you. You shove it off of you as you're getting back to your feet. And you realize, oh, nope, my sword is over there. That's back on the other side of him. How did you do zero <laughs> damage? Like, how about that roll is zero for damage? Well, let's see. I don't know. That's plus zero, and there's no damage on it. Let me see. I, oh, I rolled fighting brawl. Yep. There's two fighting brawls for some reason. I rolled the lower one. You want me to re-roll Yeah, that roll the, just for the, the just for the damage, yeah. What, watch it be like a hundred or something. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, so you get three points of damage on this vampire. Alright, so then after they go, uh, Hugel, you are reloading your musket. Do you continue to do so? Yeah, I fall to one knee because my one leg goes out from <laughs> underneath me. And it's round two of reloading. All right, uh, Babon, uh, you are still screaming and running around hysterically. I think I finished screaming. Yep, you just, now you just start laughing. So now I have one more round of laughing. Yes, now this do. is just so funny. <laughs> All right, so uh, the one guard or soldier who is up in front of this other vampire will try to attack him. So he misses the vampire. The other one that's backed by Hugel continues to load his weapon. And then it is Dupois. You Jeez. are you are just a mess, just bleeding. You're at like you had to restart counting. You lost count at like 652. <laughs> Damn it! I was lost to 666. <laughs> what do you want to do? So you don't like when I hit your statue? Well, 
fuck you. I'm going to try and hit the statue again. All right, roll me a strength. Oh, jeez. We got to see if you can do this. Come on, Dupois. All right, you attempt to hit it again, but you are struggling to hit the statue. So if it's an 89, can I use luck for that? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to use the nine luck to make it success then. Ooh, all right. So you hit the statue for how much damage? Let's uh, roll some brawl damage. Yeah, let's freaking see. So you're about to miss it, and you just bodily throw yourself against it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I just, like, trip. And <laughs> uh, so he shrieks out in pain as you slam into it again, and you see another small crack kind of go along the, the front of the statue, and uh, he grabs his head again and roars in pain. You see him, like, looking through his hands at you, like, breathing heavily. <sighs> <sighs> All right, so after Dubois, uh, the Count uh, is too busy recovering from this severe pain as the statue is moaning ever louder, almost screaming now. It's almost rivaling Babon's laughter as it's rising. You see blood still dripping down, dripping down. Uh, and then, Pressy, what do you want to do? In the midst of this chaos... He notices, or he remembers, I should say, Babon's satchel of hands. Would he be able to try to nab it off of him while he's rocking his character? I, I would let you uh, if you want to do like a sleight of hand to grab his special hand. Wait, the garlic hand? The garlic hand. He's wearing that. He, re- he has that one in. Okay, how about the other one? You could go for the other one, yeah. You, you can make me an idea roll if you want to, Pressy. Okay. Is that a skill? That is an intelligence check. Ooh. Um, so you look quickly over at Babon. You see he's wearing uh, the, the hand that has the powder inside. You think, well, I could always throw Babon at him. I do have the other hand in the satchel. And yeah, you do know he put the other hand in his satchel at his hip. How close is Babylon to the Count? He's right near, but he's been running kind of in circles around the coffin to one side of the Count. Just like he was shrieking and now he is, I think he's stopped running at this point and his hands are on his knees and he is just laughing at all of you. Just hysterically laughing. With that role on intelligence, how feasible of an idea would it be to be able to pull out my flintlock pistol and shoot his hand and have it affect the count? You could certainly try. I'm assuming it would be really hard to do. Um, you can aim for his hand. Uh, you, if you get, if you run up and like get point blank to his hand, you would have an advantage die to shoot his hand. I think even in this insanity press, you wouldn't risk that. So we're going to go with like all this happening almost at once because we're doing this in turn. He's like thinking the things on the fly. So he's going to point his gun at Babon and at like the last moment he points it towards the statue and fires. Okay. 
at like Pirates of the Caribbean scene when like the Kraken's destroying the ship and everything's so, like slow motion and all this crap is going around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when when Dupois hit it before, the count shifted back into himself in pain. So he's there holding his head, but he's starting to come, like, stand back up, and you're going to shoot at the statue. Ooh, a hard success. Okay, I have his full flintlock here, but I don't have the damage for it. All right, so... I I don't want to roll it until that. Do, Do any of you have pistol? It is going to be... I do, hold on. Uh, Flintlock is 1d6 plus 1 damage. Mm -hmm. Does it have that plus db or whatever? Nope, it's just a straight plus 1. 1d6 plus 1. Okay, gotcha. Alright, so you uh, shoot... I will spend the 10 lock. I was going to say, spend the lock. Alright. So you turn your gun toward the statue. The Count uh, starts to come back to himself, and he turns his eyes on you, but you steady yourself, and you fire your pistol at the statue. And as you do, your bullet goes through the statue, and it shatters the center of the statue and just starts to collapse it. In that moment, uh, the arms and the legs of the, of the thing fly off and fall and crash. Uh, the torso crashes to the floor, the head hits the floor and rolls toward the back of the room. And you look at Fenelik as his limbs snap out at impossible angles as this happens. And he falls to the floor, screaming in agony. His back twisted backward, he bends double, as though all of the bones in his body are breaking all at once, just over and over again. He collapses, screaming and screaming and screaming, Make uh Tressy, make a psychology roll for me as you see this up close. Definitely bonitis. He didn't drink enough bone juice. He was every, born with glass bones. Every morning he breaks his bones. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Hey, I thought Pavone was the one laughing this <laughs> So, uh, Pressy, you sort of stand there. The, pist- the pistol is smoking in your hand, and you're just sort of looking at the collapsed figure of Fenelik lying on the floor, just completely contorted and shrieking. Like, shrieking even in, like, louder shrieks than Babon's crazed shrieks from a moment ago. And Babon suddenly is laughing and stops. As you come back to yourself, Babon, and you see this, this, this man lying on the floor, just twisted in pain. Uh, Hugel, you're, you're just finishing reloading your rifle, and, uh, or your musket, and you see him collapse on the floor. And Dupois, you're just sort of standing next to the statue, you're not sure if it's your blood or the blood from the statue. But there's a lot of blood underneath you at the moment. So what do you guys all do in this moment as he's just lying here screaming? Um, and also, I need you to make listen checks. Also, uh, what happened to all of our little friends that were biting us everywhere, huh? Oh, I'll tell you in a second. Oh, excellent. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, so Pressy and Hugel. You hear heavy footfalls uh, up above, and you hear feet descending the stone stairs at the far end 
of the basement. As the Count collapses to the floor and starts to contort, the two forms, the two creatures that had lunged out the fight, they shriek in terror at this happening, and they start to bolt up that long hallway, heading for the, like, they're, like, just running on all fours, just full speed. Can I make a shot for one, at least one yeah. of them because they're going to pass me? Yep. You get your bullet into the chamber and you they just are running past. You can have a bonus die because they are literally Ooh. not paying any heed to you. They're trying to get out of the cellar. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So with an extreme, uh, you can do max damage on your bullet. Mm, I think that is max damage. Oh, nice. Awesome. 14, yeah. All right. Oh. So uh, a huge chunk comes off one of their shoulders and it sort of staggers and kind of collapses and is falling behind the other one as it lunges upstairs. You hear yelling from the other end. You recognize uh, Beaumain's and the sergeant's voices, and you recognize the voice of Captain Malone yelling from up the hallway. Uh, they seem to be looking for you all in the craziness that has ensued upstairs. And the Count is still screaming. Um, Malone, now that he actually has his senses back... He's going to um, walk up towards where the count is and just kind of lean down close. He goes, I have a riddle for you. If a wooden hand hits a face, does it make a sound? And he's just going to crack him with it. Oh, roll me a fighting brawl with an advantage die. Brawl with advantage. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> so you bring it down and uh, you kind of it, it sort of bounces off. You didn't get enough of a of a hit for it to oh, shatter. <laughs> it's like, boom. Wait, so which of those would be the it would be the plus one. OK, that's your uh, I don't have that much luck. <laughs> Are you sure? I have 28 luck and I'm Ted short. I, I don't know. You're pretty lucky to bubble that. You hear uh, from up the hallway, Milan yelling, Did you catch the Count? Have you arrested him, soldiers? We're, uh, yeah, I think uh, Hugo just yells out, We're down here! We, we, we need assistance. So they uh, will come running into sight. You see Milan with the sergeant and Beaumains, and uh, there's a handful of soldiers following after them. A few of them have stopped and are trying to take down these creatures that are trying to get out of the cellar. Malone looks down at the Count's body and looks at the pieces of the statue on the floor. What happened? Um, first, the first thing Bryce is probably going to do is try to get um, try to get some medical assistance for his comrades because they're pretty off. I know at least one of them is. Yeah, I'm Dupois just out of it. Uh, <laughs> He's drinking right now. Yeah, so the the Captain looks at you all and says, take, take yourselves, go get medical assistance immediately. Soldiers, come. We have evidence to collect. Arrest this man. And you see them coming with like manacles to find this broken man that's lying on the floor. Um, before they do that, I already got a set. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. So you hand them off to the soldier who's closest? Yeah. All right. Um, they start, one of the soldiers is trying to, um, slap awake the one that fainted. Uh, the soldier who sort of went away from himself for a minute kind of has come back and he sort of grabs the manacles from you and he starts to bind the comp. Probably in a very worried look. 
that, that very 50s insane look in, in Prissy's eyes. He says, don't look at his eyes. I won't. Thank you, friend. All right, so what that do you guys... That is, like, lightly hitting the hand, still just like, like, won't you break? Do you want to try again before you go upstairs? I do want to try again. All right. I was about to say, if I get enough time, I'm just going to reload my pistol and shoot it. <laughs> is it just a straight roll this time? No, because you you're right up on him. You get a bonus die to try to smash it on him again. I swear to God. There we go. There we go. So this time, Pressy uh, smashes it uh, against uh, the statue that's yeah. left and smashes it over the top of him. And you see him uh, in his crazed and uh, broken state. He starts to like, <sighs> and he's like watering at the mouth, and he seems like he's having trouble breathing with this all in like above him. And uh, Melon is like, Babon. He takes you by the shoulder. He's not, he is no good to anyone anymore. Look at him. Whatever you did, he looks like he has lost his mind. He's broken. You have done a good deed today. Now he can stand trial, my friend. Yes, well, he's not the only one broken, and I hold up the busted hand now. That's all right. We will make sure that that is replaced, my friend. Ah, hold on. He's gonna quick, 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 put on the middle finger one. (laughs) All right, so you uh, you give the count another, you flip him the bird, and Melon says, all of you, go, get, you you need medical attention? Go upstairs. You can, uh, we have taken all of the Aristos, they are being detained, they will be arrested, and we will drag this monster out of here. So, when Pressy initially stabbed him, it seemed to do literally nothing. Probably cut his clothes, maybe. From what, from Pressy's point of view? Yeah, it seemed like it didn't phase him. He was fine with it. If it's, o- if it's okay, sir, I want to I want to make sure he leaves. It, I want to stay here and make sure that he stays back. All right. Why don't you make a persuasion check for me, Pressy? Okay, Captain. <laughs> Oh my god, why is he so bad at these? Ooh. Ooh. So Melon looks at you and he and he nods and says, You can over stand and oversee them dragging him out of here. You've earned it. He looks at Dupois again, he's like, Someone take this man he before he bleeds out. Yeah, Dupois just sitting on the ground next to the broken statue, just is my uh, my leg feeling a little bit better? Yeah, <laughs> after a, a you know a little bit, you know you get the tinglys like the sleep. It's waking up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Hugo oh. goes over to um, Dupois, and uh, is it first aid to stabilize or oh. uh, medicine? So if I you, can't remember, if you would like to make me, uh, so it's first aid or medicine. A success with either skill restores. Um, Immediately, 1d3 hit points. Uh, yeah, I think well, I'm... I, I already restored hit points today, so I don't know if I can do that again. Oh. I know you mentioned that last time. Is it that just you can't restore your hit points, or can somebody else? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think he can regain hit points, but you can... Um, so... Yeah. So I assume he can stop me from bleeding, right? Yeah, so you could do a first okay. aid check on him. Just to make sure he doesn't bleed out. Oh. I'll, I'll spend those five points. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, Hugo goes over to Dupois and just, like, quietly busies herself, like, um, 
trying to make sure these cuts stop fucking bleeding. Yes. <laughs> Big fucking wolf bite. Like Yeah, and yeah. then helps and then helps get him up and uh just walks him out of the, the cellar. Yeah, the you're whole actually time, Yep, what is it? Go ahead. The whole time Dupois just sort of crying to himself, you hear. Then he's just muttering his wife's name over and over again. Bonaparte oh, is I, I like think, licking you. Oh. I think at one part at one point as she's like getting Dupois up, she just quietly says she would have been very proud of what you did down here and then just takes you out of there um babon wants to pick up the statue head and just kind of like look it over all right so you pick up the statue head Um, hold on let me properly hold it (laughs) uh you're looking at it and uh as you look at it you see uh for a moment it looks like a reflection of a like a human skull sort of shows in it and then it sort of goes away why don't you make me a sanity check oh of course hey all right you just lose one point of sanity you're like oh and you kind of drop it and it rolls away and meanwhile all around you these other soldiers uh while pressy is standing over the count and hugel is leading dubois away and you've tossed this this head away and it rolls away these other soldiers are uh under Malone's orders, they begin to co- collect evidence in the room. Um, they start to pick up any scrolls or paper. Uh, a couple of them just push the coffins over and they smash on the ground and they take anything like books or anything that comes out of it. You see a couple of them go over to the small bookshelf and start taking the books. Um, they pick up all the, the strange bound ones, the black leather bound book, different bits of the statue are collected. Um, and as you guys get to the top of the stairs and they pick up and they're carrying out the count, uh, Pressy, as you're leaving, you, he- you hear Malone say to the soldiers that are left, he looks at the bodies on the ground and he, he looks at the statue and he looks at all like the dead bodies on the wall and he says, we just leave it as it is and seal this place up. It is monstrosity. And he starts to follow you out with the other soldier and they're going to simply uh, basically brick over this basement is basically what you take this to mean. So... Uh, we, we saw those two things run further in, right? Uh, they ran up the stairs uh, and you guys were busy while other soldiers were seeming to deal with it. Okay. Um, if none of the other soldiers did, he takes, uh, Pressy takes the statues out. Oh, you go, you go for the statue's head? Yeah. Uh, Malone says, ah, oh, good, yes, we must leave no evidence behind, Pressy. Very good, very good. Come, let us leave this for the bugs and time to destroy. And he will lead you upstairs. And as you guys have all gotten upstairs into the mansion, um, you see that the prisoners have all been herded, haha, <laughs> herded out, and they... The soldiers are now stripping the mansion. They're taking all the paintings, any clothing, any valuables. You see two men walk by carrying the body of the skinless Pope from another room. They look like they'd rather be anywhere but holding this thing, but they make their way out with it. Um, Some other uh, more enterprising types are carrying out full casks of wine as they go. And uh, when Milan sees them, he's like, nope, put that over there. So... Once all of the evidence appears to have been collected, Malone looks at you all outside in the courtyard and he says, 
You have done well. We will get this evidence to Dr. Regalt, and then the Count's time as an influence on France will be done. You have done a good service to this country. And then he yells to the other men standing off to the side, Let the fires return this cursed building to hell! And you see them with torches moving toward the residence, and they're starting to light. It looks like they piled like the hay and stuff outside, and they start lighting the mansion on fire and letting it burn. So in the sky, uh, the smoke starts to rise and the flames start to rise as you all sit in this, this driveway watching this mansion burn itself to the ground. So, you all go home. You <laughs> take some time. The evidence is delivered to Dr. Regalt, and he builds a case against Count Fenelik, who is put into a mental hospital because his mind is shattered by whatever happened when Pressy broke that statue. Uh, a couple of weeks pass, and the Count is found guilty. In fact, because he's in the mental hospital, they decide to just leave him there for the rest of his life. He's locked away in a cell, and he should never be allowed out again. Uh, during this time, you all uh, know that in Paris and in France, uh, people are getting angrier and angrier. Um, they, the people are angry with the king. They want representation. They are supposed to have a meeting at Versailles where all of the different groups come together and discuss what's going on. And you all have gone back to Versailles to kind of recoup. So you take a couple of weeks. Um, so it's about four weeks for you guys. So Dupois, who's injured? Let's go with that. Who took, who took damage? We'll start with Dupois because he's the most injured. Hey. Just a little bit. But I, I know I got bit once and I don't I got know bit about once. Yeah. 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 Well, we were fighting the dog people. And, and someone's leg kind of feels tingly, but I think they're fine. All right. Oh, so, I'm fine. I'm great. <laughs> uh, so whoever has uh, medicine can roll me a medicine check. Uh, actually, roll me four medicine checks for Dupois. <laughs> I have no. This will go well. I, I can do it. Or. <laughs> there you go. That. There's your four. That's that's cool. I yeah. I mean, it's whatever. Would we have an army medic or something? Hugh Hugh Gale could do that. Let's okay. See. I don't. I mean, I I I don't have medicine. Actually, I have first aid. Sorry. Oh, okay. Let me see. Well, well, that's it. Fine. Dupois dies from his injuries. No, he doesn't. Oh, okay, that's fair. No, he doesn't. Um, Dupois is like trying to heal somebody else, and it just. <laughs> I know what we need to do. We need to get all the bad blood out. Yes, because he has so much blood left after that. All right. Just get see. freaking alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Dupois takes one shot and then just dies. It's true. All right. So. All right. So, all diseases. So over the course of the next couple of weeks, Dupois, you heal ten hit points. Okay. Uh, Pressy, you were injured too? Yeah, I, I didn't take too much though. Alright, let's see. 
You uh, heal for 12 hit points. My max is 11, by the way. There you go. How about uh, Babon? Yeah, I took a little bit of damage, and then I lost those magic points. I don't know if that ever comes back. I mean, if you stare at somebody really hard, it might. I don't know. Uh, so Babon gets eight hit points back over the course of the next four weeks. I only needed to get two back. <laughs> All right. Some of us can hit ourselves in a fight. <laughs> I know. I didn't get hit at all. All right. So let's see. What else do you get for this? So Psychotherapy? Reg- so Regult, uh, you hear that Regult inspected the Count and that he has declared him completely insane. He sends him to Sharanton Asylum. Um, the king's deputy agrees to this and it helps send him away. Um, the Regalt is uh, triumphant in this. He, he is thrilled to see the count taken away because the count actually tried to smear his name over the Dauphin's death. So he has been he's avenged himself on the count by turning the tables on him and destroying his reputation in turn. Um... Regalt pours over the notes and things that uh, you got from the house, just in case they are necessary after this. So, um, the Skinless Pope, which is a work of blasphemy, uh, is taken in, uh, there's an anatomist in Paris who takes it for uh, investigation. And uh, so that is taken away and stripped of all the popple-like vestiges and stuff. So then, each of you can roll me a d10 to regain some sanity points. Ooh, look at Babon, coming back strong. Alright, so... A couple of weeks go by, and you know that the National Assembly is meeting in Versailles, where you all have been recovering from this trauma that you have suffered. And on the day that the Assembly is supposed to meet, there is uh, trouble at the doors of the Assembly Hall. So you are all dispatched to the Assembly Hall, where you find members of the... uh, Basically, the third, what's it called? Brain fart for Jeanette. Third estate? That's the word. I got it. Thanks. Uh, So you see members of the third estate who had come to the hall. They are being denied entry. The doors have been sealed. Members of the first and second estate have assembled inside, and the king has ordered the doors shut. So the people are trying to force their way into the assembly hall when you all arrive. This is a a moment where you see the people of France, the lowest level of people, the, the common man, are once again being denied their uh, a, basically their voice. Uh, in this moment, what is each of your reaction to this? Percy is probably like in disgust of the authority, even though he is part of it. He's like, "Come on, man! 
can we all just get along? It's probably more of what he's thinking more than anything else. So what do you do? Do you um, do you follow the orders, which the orders are to come and, and basically keep them from entering? Uh, so you can either follow the king's orders and stand with the king. You can stand aside and let this sort itself out, or do you turn and stand with the people in this instant? I, I think before I can answer that question, I, I gotta ask, what happened to Melody? It's been a few weeks. Oh, Melody was recovering. Uh, basically, anyone who was arrested, um, they were detained, they were questioned, but due to the nature of the aristocracy, it was kind of quickly uh, washed over, so they've kind of gone back to their regular lives. But she's been kind of uh, absent a bit at Versailles. Uh, her father took her back to Paris to recover from the horrors of that night. I like to think, even though Percy probably thinks the dad won't will get rid of the notes or letters immediately, he's probably trying to send letters to her in Paris. Okay, so... But I just need to know, I need to know that background for this decision. Okay. Um, I think he's going to side with the people. All right, so Pressy arrives and refuses to stand and guard the door that is barred. What are the rest of you doing in this moment? Um, you see Hugo, um, you see Hugo, uh, sort of hold, uh, fists at her side, and, uh, she steps away and, uh, goes and stands beside Pressy and stands with the people. So, Babon and Dupois, as you come, you see Pressy and Hugel have joined the ranks of the Third Estate as they are trying to gain entry to this assembly hall. Um, Babon is very conflicted because he's a pretty devout monarchist, but he went through like complete hell with Pressy and Hugel. So he's going to. Just stand aside and let this sort itself out. So he's not going to guard the door to stand with the king or to stand with the people. He's just going to kind of step aside. Because he doesn't want to have to face these people who he went through all this hell with. So he's kind of like, well, if I stand over here, I'm not pissing anybody off. So, All right. So Babon stands aside and watches. Uh, Dupois, you are standing with Bonaparte. What do you do? Well, Dupois at first is kind of like looking at Hugel and Pressy and like, what the fuck are you doing? We got orders. What? <laughs> We're supposed to. And then I imagine Bonaparte comes out of his jacket and like looks at him with like sad puppy dog eyes and like gives him a lick. And Dupois remembers Hugel saying that his wife would have been proud of what he did in the cellar at, um, Benelik's house and he he sort of lowers his rifle and walks over beside them instead alright so uh, Babon you watch as your three comrades join uh, the people and then you see uh, the sergeant he moves 
uh, to stand uh, in front of the doors as he is a good soldier of France. Though he looks at all of you in turn and it doesn't look like he is like there's no anger there from him just that he understands and then um Beaumains sort of gives Babon a smile and a pat on the back and walks over and uh stands behind Hugel like with his like standing there over and uh joins the crowd as well um so the the crowd continues to try to open the door and then another figure comes through the crowd and you all recognize a <laughs> and you see Dr. Ragal move through the crowd of people who look at him sort of in surprise as he is the physician to the king um and he gets to the front of this crowd as they're trying to force their way in and he throws up his hands and his wig is gone he's not wearing it he's not wearing his makeup and he's breathing heavily and he says if they will not open the doors then we will still assemble to the tennis courts of Versailles where we will let the voices of the people be heard for the people of France vive la France and he huffing and puffing starts chanting and marching them out from the doorway that won't give out to the tennis court where you all sort of follow and outside they all sort of assemble on the tennis court and uh and it goes from you you all sort of thought that this was going to turn into possibly a bloodbath uh and but as surprisingly as you all assemble out on the tennis court uh it's a peaceable assembly everyone sort of circles around and people give speeches and Members of the assembly uh, talk, and then once all are assembled and listening, they swear on this tennis court in Versailles that they will remain together until a constitution has the, the one the constitution of France has been changed, and that fair representation is given to all the people. So the third estate has now assembled and has declared that they are a, a force to be reckoned with in. Paris and in France, and that they will not settle until their voice is heard forever. As you all have joined in, and Babon, what did you do as they marched away? You muted. <laughs> Sorry. He he gives them like a good start before following them, and he's going to turn to. Was it Sergeant? The Sergeant remained behind. He'll just look at go. I'll, I'll keep an eye on them. <laughs> the Sergeant watches you go. Um, and then we move forward in time a little bit as tensions in France continue to rise. Uh, more and more, just as you did, soldiers begin to desert from the army. Uh, and they're, be they're forming a new National Guard. Their uniforms are traded for tricolor, uh, like, uniforms. And you hear that there is a plan to attack the Bastille. And you are all uh, brought in. Do you, uh, do you all join those that went with the, uh, the group? Would you all join the new National Guard that is forming? And desert the army completely. 
Um, I, I think that uh, actually Hugo would make a point to gather the, these three men that she went through this fucking thing with and uh, tell them straight up, yeah, she's abandoning. And also that she's a female. <laughs> what? <laughs> Percy feels a lot more... Um, he looks more relieved than anything. Like, <laughs> well, okay, I guess it's fine that I was looking at his butt. Did, oh. did Percy have a Captain Shang moment there? <laughs> yeah, he, yes, he did. He was a Captain Shang. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she she totally abandons and goes to uh, assist the with the National Guard. Yeah. Okay. What about the rest of you? I. I always wanted to be an officer. I always wanted to be with Melody. But with how everything is now, that won't be possible. I think the only way I could do anything about it is by fighting for the side I believe in. If you don't join, I completely understand. And he takes two cigars he probably saved from that carriage. And he hands them the one to Babo and one to Dupois. Bebon, did you go with them in the end? Do you do you join them in this? To join, he probably so after that scene at the tennis courts, mm-hmm. it probably took him a couple weeks to come to the side of the people because I feel like the other three kind of convinced him mm-hmm. to get there, and he's going to just look at everyone and go, well. I've always been a military man. Might as well join the military of the side I'm on. And my hand is appropriate now. <laughs> it's fair. We always fought for the people. <laughs> At least we look out for it. number one. <laughs> and what of Dupois? Well, Dupois's always really been a uh, monarchist and like a a true believer in the divine right of a king to rule but i think his faith in that has kind of been shaken by all the stuff he saw and all the stuff that france has gone through over the past couple months so i think he's he's kind of like he's not like gung-ho yeah let's attack the bastille for the people you know Mm -hmm. i think i think he's feels a certain loyalty towards his companions and i think i think when pressy hands him like the cigar and stuff i imagine like all three of them sort of light it at the same time on the same flame and just you know take a long puff (laughs) all right so you are all uh in, you all have decided you are joining this revolution. And on the 12th of July, the finance minister, Necker, is removed from his office. He is taken out of his position of authority as he has dropped France into the worst downward spiral of any minister to this point. Um, and the planning goes into effect. And two days later, on July 14th, 1789... You all uh, march with the people to the Bastille. The plan is to attack the armory 
and search for gunpowder and shot in order to uh, arm yourselves further for this revolution that you have started. So you march on the Bastille, and as you do, you come into view of the large building, the fortress here in Paris. Um, you can see on the walls French soldiers who have been sent to defend it. You all recognize as you're marching in, standing um, up on one of the towers, you see the sergeant who is still with the army and still trying to defend France. Um, as you march in and the fight breaks out, shots are fired, uh, people around you do go down, you all battle bravely. Uh, at one time or another, uh, you all do see um, the sergeant actively protects you. Uh, you see Dupois, a, a musket is sort of leveled at you, and you see him sl slam his wrist against it before the shot can go off to save your life. Um, he moves an entire like unit away from where he sees Babon and Hugel with Pressy coming in to uh, push an advantage in order to protect them from getting shot. Uh, he stops a cannon from firing into your whole group as you slam forward into the Bastille. And um, you even see at some points Captain Malone. Uh, he looks more angry than the sergeant, just looks sad, but there's almost a look of understanding because he knows what you saw in that basement and he knows what you did do for France. Um, so he also refuses to fire on any of you, though he does fire on other members of the National Guard. So you fight, and eventually uh, the people are victorious. Uh, the afternoon finishes in smoke and fire. The Bastille falls when Governor Dulunay surrenders the garrison at 5 p.m. The mob swarms him, beats him, and kills him. They take his head and they place it on a pike and they march with his head on the pike. The French Revolution has begun. So. Let's see. Viva la France. Do uh, you see as this after this happens and Lonet has his head taken some of the people are moving to rise, uh, to raise the tricolors on the battlements of the Bastille. What do you guys do in this moment? Um, I think Hugo watches for a moment mm -hmm. and uh, looks at her uh, three companions. It was an honor to fight one last time alongside all three of you. And um, gives him a nod. I have a husband to return home to. And I think she turns and makes her way away. She's done what she promised herself she would do. She helped start a revolution that she's proud of. And I think she goes to leave. Okay. So Hugel turns and says her farewells. What are the rest of you doing in this moment? As she turns to say farewell, Pressy goes to stop her. And he puts something in her hands and says, make sure to keep a lookout. And in her hands is the spyglass that he got all that while ago. She, um, she pockets it. 
and uh, gives Pressy a very big smile and says, you'll make you'll make a very good husband one day. Not anytime soon, but one day. <laughs> he like wipes the blob his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She um, cherishes it. Yeah, but goes on her way. What about the rest oh. of you? He, he definitely doesn't do it as like you, you, you know how Percy is when he's trying to he was not doing that. Was like a comrade in arms, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, she yeah, she meant that the same way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to make that clear. No, I'm she meant that. that the same way. <laughs> okay. I think um, Dupois, after seeing this guy just like torn apart and beheaded, he's just like, I'm done, and he just takes a big long drink, sort of gives an au revoir to his companions and just back home to just go into a stupor for as long as he can. Okay. Um, Babon watches the whole scene and watches the flag go up. And I guess it's just him and Pressy there now. He says, well, I don't think these revolutionaries can have much use for an old half deaf crippled man. So, what are you saying, Babon? I, I have a son. I have to make sure he's good, and I'll do what I can. But fighting isn't really going to <laughs> be very helpful anymore. I understand you well earned your rest. I thank you for everything you've done. It has been an honor. And Pressy? And then Babo and oh, leave Babo. to go home to Cesar. Okay. Pressy, probably after everyone's gone, says to himself, well, I guess they'll need a leader. And he goes and falls around. All right, so Pressy uh, moves in and helps raise the tricolor flag over the Bastille. Um, And this is one of the first steps to the revolution. In the following month, the National Constituent Assembly drafts the Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen. It is a key document in the democracy of France. Article 1 states, Men are born free and remain free and equal in rights. Um, and this leads into the actual uh, French Revolution kicking into high gear. Um, by the early, uh, basically, or toward the end of this year, um, things have gotten crazy. So, um, what happens is, we fast forward through the revolution here. Five years during this. Uh, The heady days of 1789 saw the people take their government uh, with the Women's March on Versailles in October, forcing the king and queen to return to Paris permanently. The king and queen attempting to uh, to flee to Austria in 1791, but they are discovered and they are marched back to the palace. The monarchy of, of France is formally dissolved in September of 1792. 
The Ancien Regime ends in blood as Louis XVI is found guilty of treason and executed by guillotine on January 20th, 1793 in the Place de la Revolution, formerly known as the Place Louis XV. The king dies facing the blank pedestal where the statue of his grandfather had been torn down. This outrages other heads of European houses. Now the New Republic is at war. They raise a militia. They fight off Austrians, Prussians, Spanish, Sardinians, British, and royalist forces within France itself. The tensions lead to the terror. A renewed outburst of executions by guillotine beginning in October 1793 with the death of Marie Antoinette. The guillotine rises and falls almost non-stop from October to December 1793. It surges again from March 1794 with the execution of Danton and continues to July of that year. The Committee of Public Safety meets under the direction of Maximilian Robespierre, and as hysteria takes hold, it is hard to determine who is an enemy of the revolution and who is merely an unfortunate. So five years go by. Three of you have retired from service, though the revolution rages around you. Pressy, you have taken an active role in this revolution. You have fought many battles, and you have become somewhat of a hero of the people at this point. Uh, Hugel, you have gone home to your husband and your sister and retired. Uh, you, While things are pretty tight now that you're not a serving soldier and there's not a lot of money coming in and the revolution is in full swing you all are making it work Babon, you make sure that Cesar continues with his schooling, you send him uh, back to Montpellier to get him away from the heavier fighting and make sure that he finishes his service and he becomes a doctor, and Dupois you and Bonaparte have gone home where Bonaparte, uh seems to take very good care of you and tries to make sure that you don't fall completely into drunken stupid uh, stupefaction. Can we just take, can we just picture this little dog just, this just little paw pushing the flask away? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. With a little piece of parchment. You have changed. (laughs) This this is an intervention. Wolf. (laughs) You're drinking... (laughs) Your drinking has affected me in the following ways. Bark, bark. Wolf, bark. <laughs> I just needed the image in my head. He just, like, picks up the piece of paper, and, like, that's, like, the subtitles of, like, yeah, the regular exactly. songs, but the piece of paper is just, like, chewed up, and there's, like, a little bit of pee on it. There's, like, a paw print, like, smeared on it. I, yeah. don't, e- I don't even have the appetite to eat homework anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... So five years passed, and uh, Hugel, while you uh, continue to, you know, you make ends meet and things like that, and you and your husband, and Scott's running away, <laughs> have done your part, Pressy and uh, Beaumains, since they're still soldiers, even though now they wear the tricolor of the revolution, um, 1794 finds them in a familiar location uh, to the, the group. Uh, they have found themselves on a hot summer night. Oh gosh, 
So, uh, Pressy and Beaumains have found themselves on a hot summer night in June 1794. Uh, You've been given an assignment for the night. You have been assigned to guard outside the catacombs of Paris this evening. Meanwhile, Dupois and Babon, you spent the last five years, César has become a doctor, though now he can't be called doctor, everyone is now citizen. So he is citizen César, or citizen Babon. Um, But the two of you, with the lack of funds due to the revolution, uh, you needed to find work. And surprisingly enough, you found work at the catacombs on this hot summer night. Oh. Um, So you are, in fact, helping to drive carts full of bodies because once I'm good again at that. once again yes you're very good at driving carts um you find that the cemeteries of paris due to the revolution have an excessive amount of bodies and not enough places to put them so as you dupois and babon are surprised to come upon each other these long five years later hey uh, how are you doing <laughs> Um, you escort <laughs> these carts. This has to be the crappiest eye patch ever. I love it. <laughs> uh, so Crappy. you escort these carts. Um, basically, you're both driving a separate cart with these mm. hooded uh, priests appear- that are, are going along with the bodies. And you pull up outside the catacomb entrance where you see two familiar soldiers standing at attention. You recognize Pressy and you recognize Beaumains. Hugel, have you stayed in retirement? Or have you uh, also come looking for work? I've stayed in retirement. Alright, so the four of you see each other for the first time in five years. Bonjour! Babon? Dupois? Oui. Hmm. What happened? You Sons of bitches, and he goes in for a hug. <laughs> Dupois, Dupois probably doesn't give a hug back. He just like sort of half-hearted, you know. Uh, the sibling hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Babon will give a hug back. Leaping from the seat next to where Dupois was sitting, uh, Bonaparte runs over happily and barks and licks at both Pressy and uh, Babon and Beaumains. He's a big boy now. He is. He's a full-grown dog. Ugh. I owe Hugh Gell some money, then. I see the dog's <laughs> still here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole reason I did that is be like five years of war or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. you have some kind of scars. That's fair. Uh, so, yeah, you guys have this reunion. You haven't seen each other in five years. Uh, yep, Pressy, Pressy looks like he lost an eye somewhere along the way. Du- Dupont has like a bandana over his face over his nose and mouth um and he sort of hands one to babon and pressy since we're in this corpse choked cemetery and he and he sort of like muffles through his bandana you wouldn't want to get sick you don't have to tell me babon like one-handedly puts the bandana on um so, uh, Pressy, you and Beaumains have been given strict orders that you are not to allow anyone into the catacombs until 
uh, the person in charge arrives, and they have not arrived just yet. Um, and as you are all having this little reunion on the side of the street, and uh, you all hear coming up the road, it sounds like more carts making their way up the road. You all turn to see, uh, it looks like six carts. Uh, each cart is being driven by um, sort of very stern-looking men, uh, grim faces, and the horses that are pulling their carts sort of twitch and their eyes roll. Um, you guys can make me psychology checks if you want to. Oh my god. Alright, so Pressy, you recognize that the horses look like they're spooked. Um, and looking at these carts, you note that there are no priests walking alongside these bodies to bless the dead. Um, the lead cart has about a dozen silent passengers in the back. They're all sitting amidst the bones. All of these six passengers wear hessian burlap sacks over their heads. And riding up alongside these six carts is a single rider on horseback, uh, sitting tall, trim in his saddle. Um, he's a lean, uh, strong individual who you all suddenly realize you recognize. You realize that you are looking at Dr. Regalt. He rides easily in his saddle. He comes to a stop, swings his legs over the saddle and drops to the ground with ease and ties off the horse and strolls toward your group. His face is very pale, um, much more pale than the last time you saw him. Uh, you almost think that he's wearing makeup, but that whole tradition went out with the revolution. Um... And he uh, kind of walks past as you all are standing there. So you can all give me spot hidden checks as he passes you. My god. I got my good eye. <laughs> uh, I can't see do shit today. So Pressy, you notice as this man walks by you that he is wearing a high collared jacket but you can see just beneath the collar, a patch of skin at his neck looks mottled. Um, you can only see the top portion of it before like, it, like the, the jacket kind of blocks your view. Um, and he walks past and the hooded figures commence unloading the wagons. As you hear Regalt say, Only the servants to the catacombs with the bodies. The rest of you supervise. And then he disappears into the tunnel and down the stairs into the catacombs. And you see these figures, these burlap-sacked-headed figures, start picking up and carrying bones and bodies into the catacombs. Well, that's bizarre. Pressy looks at the camera. War. War never changes. <laughs> So yeah, it has like a, a vampire bane sword and runs down now. What did it did it he used to be like this and now he's like this Five years will change a man. <laughs> DuPont looks at himself. <laughs> well, some yeah. men. <laughs> some things stay the same. 
Bomains leans into you all and he says, Did you hear that Regalt had Captain Malon sent to the guillotine last week? The Captain is dead. I didn't know. Yes. I don't know exactly what he did. Apparently, there was evidence brought against him, and the council had him beheaded. What sort of evidence do you know? I have no idea. Uh oh. You see uh, Regalt come back up and pick up a lantern and then go back down into the catacombs. And you see these burlap-headed figures, they, they go down, they're gone for a little bit, they come back, they pick up more remains, and they go back down into the catacombs again. Do, do I notice anything with the burlap sack guys? Are like, they really skinny or pale? or? There are various sizes. Um, they, their hands, I mean, they look like they have human hands, um, but you can't see their faces. Yeah, so there's some thinner, some bigger, t- tall, short... They don't say anything, they don't interact, they just walk past and get the bones and then continue down into the uh, catacombs. Can I can I attempt to inspect them indirectly? You know, like, 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 because this, more than anything, probably, you just think it's weird they have a sack over their faces, so it's probably like, is this like a cult thing? <laughs> oh, he does have a cult. Do, do you want sure, me to you roll can that? roll a cult if you want to. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Oh yeah, you have no idea. Um you notice the the wagon drivers that rode up with these uh guys are just sort of looking just dejected and the horses are still like every time these hooded figures come back, the horses sort of stamp their feet and breathe heavily through their nostrils and then when they go away the horses calm down a little bit again. Oh, I'm happy we don't have to go down there after that stray dog of last time. Oh yeah. Here to go. Forgot about that. I tried to forget. Oh wait, I wasn't there for that. Hmm. Wow, you remember better than I did then. <laughs> so, out of character, I forgot I wasn't there. What? What dog? What dog are you talk about? So these um, these hooded figures continue to to move these, and you notice having been here five years ago, uh, the. There were the priests blessed everybody that went down into the catacombs, but this time there is no blessing going on. These bones are just simply being taken down without any kind of uh, send-off by uh, the priests. And Regalt has not resurfaced from below. Uh, This is odd. (laughs) The plot... Dupa is just busy petting Bonaparte, doing his thing. <laughs> <sighs> I was supposed to be retired. Mm. So as a cart is emptied, it leaves, and then a short time later, another cart will show up, and these hooded figures continue this. As you all are watching, Ragal is still not back. What's what's he doing down there? Can I don't I- know. Can I say over to one of the hooded guys, like, uh, where is Dr. Regolt? The hooded figure right? The hooded figure walks past you without saying a word, a word, picks up some more remains, and walks back by. 
Um, Fuck you too, I guess. Oh, all right. Whenever one of them is coming out of the catacombs and hanging back towards like the cart, mm-hmm. Babon's gonna just kind of push one. Okay, so um, you just push one. Uh, give me just a uh, like a strength roll to push him. Mm. I right. shot it into the wall. Yeah, so yeah. you push so got it. You push him into the wall and he just sort of bounces off and then re- gets back on his path uh and just walks back to the cart and picks up bones and then starts walking back. And oh, okay. all of them have like a, a stiff kind of gait to um, their walk. Yeah. <laughs> I've also got to look at the other two. Do you remember when we were at that mansion and all the servants were just kind of doing their thing, and then suddenly they snapped out of it. I think this mm. looks familiar. Dupois, at that, at seeing, you know, him bounce off the wall and just go back to doing what he's doing, remembers that the doctor took some of the books and stuff from Fenelik's mansion and is like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and at that, he's gonna get up and mm-hmm. he's going to, like, point at the catacombs and look at the other two. Oh, we might as well. <sighs> yeah, fuck it. And he, like, gets his musket ready like he's been firing it for five years straight. All right, so <laughs> are you heading toward the catacombs? Yes. <laughs> All right, these, these figures, uh, they continue to walk past you with the bones in their arms, their burlap sacks on their heads, uh, not interacting with you at all. Uh, one of them, yeah. one of them, uh, sort of brushes past Pressy and just keeps walking. It's got like a bunch of bones and a skull in its arms, and it just sort of is hobbling past you. It's got a very thin body, um, but the head seems uh, a little bit big for the body, but you can't see it under the burlap. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let that just do its thing. All right, so you guys run uh, down into the catacombs. Now, you remember from last time, the catacombs are very dark. Yeah. There are lanterns hanging on the outsides of the entrance, and there are two lanterns from, hanging from each cart. I'll probably take one of the ones from the entrance way. Okay. And take the lead again. Sounds good. Like uh, last Bob, time. Bob, I want to grab another lantern and take the rear. All right, so Dupont, the, Dupont will probably take a lantern too and like keep Bonaparte very close to, to right. him. When you go to take a lantern from the cart, one of the drivers is like, hey, what do you think you're doing? Uh, you can roll an intimidate to make him let you have the lantern. All right. No, nope. he says, that is my lantern. I need that to see in the dark on the city streets. <laughs> Dupont just like gives him the nastiest look and is like, whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm, I'm too old for this shit. Alright, so you uh, move past these burlap sacked headed people um, hmm. who have not tired. They've been at this for probably two hours and they are just continuing to work as you move past. You go down the stairs in the dark uh, with your lanterns, the only light you have to see as you descend back into the catacombs where you thought you'd never return to again. Um, Fabone has his hooked around his fake hand, so he's just kind of like constantly middle fingering. I, I, I hand mine to Dupois, and I have my musket ready. 
As you all get to the bottom of the stairs, uh, you realize that these burlap-headed people are literally walking through the catacombs without the aid of any light. At this point, like there are up, there's a few of them up ahead of you, and they are not using any source of light as they move through the catacombs here. As a, as a sense of trying to like rationalize that and not get too spooked, uh, Pressy probably just is like they they have a horrible job and they've probably gone through here so many times they literally just have it memorized. Is what he's like mm-hmm. telling himself, you know. And they're, like, not even acknowledging us at all. They don't seem to be. It seems if you're leaving them alone, they're not bothering with you. Babylon's gonna try and, like, merge in with the group that's walking, so you can kind of, like, follow them. Hmm. Okay. I Uh, I like to think Pressy has gotten a smoking habit by now, so he probably has lit another cigar or something. Awesome. So you follow these uh, hooded figures. You sort of mingle in with them as they move, carrying these bones in their arms. They go down. Uh, they, they've come to the bottom of the stairs. They go down uh, the long passageway. Then they take the third side tunnel to the right as you follow them along. Um, they pay almost no attention to you as you do this. You follow them until they come to a chamber The chamber you can see as your lantern light sort of illuminates it, and you can see that there is lantern light inside already. Uh, It's lined with skulls, thousands of them. Smaller side passages branch off of this chamber, and you can see that they are also similarly lined with skulls. Uh, The first of the skulls that you see are from the old graveyards of Paris, dusty and brittle. But as you look and you move a little bit further on, you can see that there are recently severed heads, all victims of the guillotine. The skulls have a strange mandala carved into the forehead. Each of these heads has the same pattern. Looking at it, Babon, because you have watched Cesar train all these years, you realize that these are carved with surgical precision. Uh, does anyone want to roll me an occult roll on this? Yes, please. Ah. <laughs> uh, you look at this, and while you know it's something to do with uh, this, the occult, you do not know exactly what this means. I'm, uh, I'm terrible. Can I try as well? Sure. I'm way worse, but we'll see what happens here. Oh, no! No, you are completely nope. confused you, by this. What are you talking about? You're doing fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, figures, the figures shuffle ahead of you, and you can see a dim purple phosphorus light is given off ahead. Bone mm-hmm. dust hangs in the air and seems to swirl of its own accord, but no breeze is here to stir it. But the dry flecks seem to whirl around these heads as you pass. You hear a clattering and a chattering. And you feel this sort of, like, your your hair stands up as you're moving further along. Um, then you see up ahead, teeth and shards of bone start to turn and spiral in the air in the grip of some strange current that defies both gravity and reason. All of you make a sanity roll. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hugel is happy to be home with her husband. Yeah, she's just having fun. Oh. All right. I barely succeeded. We're probably going to start a family soon, and, you know, we're going to, like, have a business. My family's dead. 
I didn't I didn't make that choice for you. <laughs> Sold that spyglass, got yourself a nice picket fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, we found out it was worth a lot of money, worth more than my loyalty to you. <laughs> they don't even live in France anymore. They no. left the country. Nope. <laughs> They're in America now. They just yes. nope. a good life. Out there. Um, so Pressy and Dupois, you feel a chill goes down your spine as you both lose one point of sanity. Um up ahead. You hear a low, dry, <laughs> As you round the corner, you see Regult. He works in a corridor ahead of you. He has a surgical scalpel in hand, and he is carving the, the forehead of one of these skulls, or severed heads. Uh, you actually look at the severed head as you guys come into view and your lantern light kind of illuminates him. And you all realize at the same moment that this is Captain Louis Malone, that he is carving the symbol into the head of. He sees your lantern as you approach and he turns to you. He puts down Malone's head and and puts the scalpel down as well and sort of walks towards you, a sly smile on his face, confidence all around him as he steps forward and the eerie light. He turns his face and looks at you, gritting. His eyes appear to be black pools of stars. All of you make another sanity roll. It's Cthulhu. Fuck you, what are you doing? Aww. Jeez. Aww. Uh, the complete opposite. Nice. All right, so uh, let's see. So both Dupois and Pressy, you lose one point of sanity each as that chill... In your down your back deepens. Uh, Babon. Oh god. You roll a six. I only rolled a two. So you now you sort of like uh kind of like get a little weak in the knees uh for someone so like normally brave. And Regult he's smiling, you see the darkness of his eyes, and he says, Ha 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 Oh, if it isn't the men who hunted Fenelik. Well, Unlike Fenelik, I have no weakness that you can use against me. I am at my power now. And he just looks at you all. What brings you to these catacombs again, gentlemen? fuck are you doing to the captain as I point the musket like at the head real quickly just one direction at it but immediately goes back to him I am just making sure that all of them are marked and he moves his hand and you see in the lantern light that all of these hundreds and hundreds of skulls have this sigil carved in their foreheads marked for what? why? For me, of course, so that I may be forever. Don't worry, now you all can join them as well. All it takes is one letter for me and you will fall on the guillotine and die. You know what? Dupont's gonna run at him, he's gonna try and stab him in the fucking throat. Oh, I like it. Alright. Fuck you, bud. <laughs> I'm doing that. I, I already know how to character work. 
Um, I'm going to fire at him as a pause. All right, so what's what Babon? What weaponry do I have? I don't know. What do you have? What would you, um, would you still be carrying your axe because, you know, you are Babon? And you still are carrying that little figure. The little finger. True. <laughs> oh my god. I, I probably also have the flintlock because if I knew I was coming to the catacombs and doing this stuff, like extra. So yeah, I guess I have all my weapons. Cool, cool. So he's going to whip out the flintlock and fire a shot too. Okay, so let's see. Uh, so the two with the guns, you guys can both fire first. You gals sitting oh. at home, y'all hear something? It's Hanu. <laughs> <laughs> There's a disturbance in the force. There's this glowing orange behind, like. So, do I have to for a few seconds? Let's see. So. All right, so... Um, Wait, can I have a quick question? Yes. Would a hard affect the damage at all? Uh, I believe an extreme would be a double die roll, but a hard, I don't think, is. Okay. Let then I'm not going to bother using any luck to make it a hard. Firearms. Point blank. Targets aiming. Reloading. Two hands. Yeah, I don't think it's... I think it's just... Uh, Okay, that's fine. All right, so um, all right, so you both fire, and and you both hit him with these bullets. Um, when he is hit, uh, you are startled as on either side of you a skull explodes. Uh, and Dupois, you charge in on him and you attack him. So go ahead and make your attack. All right. So what weapon are you using? Just my knife, because that's probably all, all right. I have. So you charge in and you stab him, which rips open the front of his shirt. As it does, you see his chest exposed, and you realize that his body is covered in tattoos of small skulls. Um, and you see, as you stab him off to the side, another of these marked skulls explodes. And he just laughs. Oh my god. And then he's <laughs> he going has to, thousands of hit points. And then he's going to attack Dupois. Oh so, no. <laughs> he is going to make a brawl attack on you, Dupois. Do you want to fight back? Fuck yeah, I do. Alright. <laughs> so we're all nice now, y'all. Ooh, Dupois. Mm. Oh, Ooh. so he, let's see, let me double check what he gets. So 60, 30. All right. So he also, he gets an extreme success. Oh, damn it. Um, so, well, wait, nope, he, uh, he doesn't, he gets a 60, 30. No, that's, yep, that's an, um, <laughs> no, it's just a hard, but because he attacked oh. you, he'll get to do his damage. Okay. It's always weird for me. That was such a whiplash. I was going like, oh, yes. Oh, no. So just so you know, because it's been you guys are at full hit points. Okay, that's what I figured. Okay. So you take nine points of damage as he just he doesn't use any kind of weapon. He just physically using his strength. He just pummels into you and you feel like a rib kind of collapse as he does this. And you're just like, Um, is that more than half your hit points? Yeah, do I gotta make a con save? Yeah, please do that. Okay. Okay, there you go. 
Yikes. So he has a ton of hit points. Would you like would you like more wine, darling? It's a wonderful <laughs> night of dinner. <laughs> oh yes, dear. I'd love that. Thank All you. right. So in this moment, as you guys are seeing this, you see these skulls explode. You see him like punch Dupois, who sort of stumbles back. And Dupois, you slam into one of these uh like hooded figures. And you accidentally rip the hood off the figure's head. Uh, when you do, you are startled to see, because the, the cloak kind of billows open. So you see uh, this skinny female body. But you see at the head, you see the head of Count Benoit, the father of Melody Benoit. Uh, apparently, within the last... I don't know, he looks pretty fresh, weak or so. It looks like he met the guillotine as there is a red line where his head has been attached to this woman's body. And he just sort of like, and turns and looks at you in this instant. Uh, So what do you guys want to do in this moment of realization that Regalt is something more than a human and is, you see that your weapons have done almost no damage to him. Are we rolling sanity for that? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, you can <laughs> roll sanity yeah. if you want to. Yeah, I was in the I, I was saying, if there was any more appropriate time, I, I apologize. It just... No, uh, it makes sense. It does. See, I called it, so that's why I failed. Yeah. No. Um, so, let's see. Uh, so, for the pre- uh, Babon and for Dupois, you both lose just one point of sanity. But okay. Pressy, seeing the father of your most beloved... And failing that roll... Give, give me a six. Just just end it. All right. Nope. You just you lose two points of sanity as you see this familiar face and are just heavily startled by the fact that this is, in fact, uh, the father of the woman that you love, who you haven't, uh, haven't seen in a little bit. So now you're probably more concerned for her. So what is it you guys want to do in this instant? Do... Wants to try and knock the skulls down, like the wall of skulls down, onto Regalt and the hooded person and stuff. Um, if he can. Well, looking around, uh, there there are so many skulls on these walls. Like mm-hmm. you don't know that you could like oh, take him down. And and having been punched by him, you you know how physically strong he is now. This is not the Dr. Rogalt you remember. Citizen Rogalt is a very strong, very able-bodied. You know, can I can I try and do it to like cover our escape at least? Sure, like, you can. Distraction? If you want to do that. Okay. Would that just be a strength roll? Yes. Okay. Alright. So you slam against these uh skulls in order to sort of cover up your escape. And as you do, um, you see Regalt smile as the skulls sort of topple over in front of him. And he says, no, no, let me help with that. And he points his hand over your head back down the tunnel where you guys came in. And you see the skulls on either side start to tumble in and start to, (gasps) and they close off the tunnel behind you. Oh, we're fucked. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Everybody make me a spot hidden check. Oh no. I'm gonna spend the six luck. Alright. So Dupois and Babon. Uh while Pressy is still taking in this this 
head of his, what he hoped would be his father-in-law, you two uh, see this tunnel collapse. You look back and forth at Regalt and the tunnel. You're starting to, to get the feeling that you're going to become bodies in here as well. When you both see a set of yellow eyes in the shadows and you hear a whispered voice that only you two can hear, if you want to live, follow me. As you see this strange figure that has a long face like a wolf or a dog's muzzle sort of lope out of the shadows and motion for you to follow it away. And I think we're going to stop there. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh my god! What the oh, fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? I thought... I knew this was coming. I could see this coming. I was like, this doctor's being too shady. <laughs> yeah. You so, go. What a wonderful dinner, darling. <laughs> I really outdid myself tonight. Darling, I hope that the revolution ends soon so that we can start raising our family. <sighs> <laughs> so yeah so we we will end this there we will we will come back in two weeks to see uh oh, God. look i offered to let jeanette take my character to kill her to drive her mad i got a happy ending out of it <laughs> yeah you don't have to lose your head you're good, you're good. i offered mm -hmm. that offer was put out there that's all i'm saying yes <laughs> as hugel goes into retirement uh from this wonderful wonderful if you guys survive just come come to the countryside and retire with me mm -hmm. <laughs> all right so i don't think we'll get that <laughs> um so yeah so you guys are uh we'll pick this up you guys are in the catacombs uh dr regalt or citizen regalt has gone through some interesting changes in the five years since you last really dealt with him um things are looking pretty frightening uh but it seems you have an, a strange ally who has been hiding in the catacombs all these years. Is it the person we shot? <laughs> I don't know. We will find out. Thank you for joining us for Uncanny Adventures podcast. Come back next time to continue our adventures.